With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kopech stretches, and the pitch is a breaking ball in there. Strike three, side retired. Five innings are complete. Indianapolis three, Charlotte nothing. Well, that might not have been the highlight that the uh, White Sox would have wanted for Kopech since he was behind three to nothing uh, <laughs> for Charlotte. But tonight... At uh, whatever the hell we call that ballpark now. Guaranteed, Guaranteed rate field. The White Sox, who have been uh, absolutely non-existent in Chicago this season and for uh, a couple of seasons before this because of the Cubs, of course. Since basically 06. Uh, <laughs> they, are, uh, they have called up Michael Kopech. The uh, pitcher who throws a hundred, the starting pitcher who they got in the uh, Chris Sale trail, trail trade from Boston, along with uh, Moncada, the uh, infielder, and they actually expect a decent crowd tonight. Really, in uh, in in Chicago to come out and see this kid. Uh, it's happening. Uh, they they sent it out on their Twitter account uh, last night, I guess, that uh, Kopech would be uh, coming to Chicago and starting. And uh, they they sent out a video on their Twitter account, uh, the White Sox, that included Kopech confronting Louisville players when benches cleared after he hit a batter in his last start with Charlotte. Oh. So uh, Rob Hahn, the general manager, said, uh, why is it taking so long? Uh, the last He's 22, by the way. The last seven or eight starts is when he re- really saw things all come together. Obviously, he's always had the big fastball and the ability to put hitters away with it. We saw flashes earlier when perhaps he uh, was not throwing uh, enough strikes and his uh, off-speed stuff was uh, not showing up. But apparently the last seven, eight games, he has been fantastic. How about this for a number, sir? Uh, He has pitched 126 uh, in a third innings at Charlotte. He has 170 strikeouts. Holy cow. Uh, He has a 219 average against. He uh, walks some, but not outrageous, 60, so he walks four a game. And uh, he's uh, given up uh, nine home runs. He's hit 13 batters. Apparently, he's a little mean. He throws 100 miles an hour routinely. And uh, the White Sox, they also have one of the top prospects in the world, and that Eloy Jimenez, mm-hmm. who should be called up, I guess, shortly, too. So they're starting to give the... Uh, fans a look at uh what they got in the chris sale trade trade 
Uh, they got Kopech and uh, Moenkata in that trade. Didn't they, they get a third huge. arm, uh, a third piece in that trade? That's uh, well, they probably got two significant. Other guys, uh, center fielder named Basabi. I never okay. heard of him. And Victor Diaz is a uh, right-handed pitcher. Who's supposed to be good too. Okay. But anyway, White Sox excitement tonight. The Twins after uh, uh, breaking out their phenom last night. Uh, Steven Gonsalves, uh, this kid throws about 12, 13 miles an hour harder than him, which will come in handy. Uh, apparently a real, uh, a real character, too. Uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, Texas from, and he's a big, strong horse of a guy. What do they list him at? They list him at six foot four, is it? Uh, he's, uh, the, uh, all through his minor leagues, he's had incredible strikeout totals. And uh, 156 and 119 innings, 172 and 134 innings, 170 and 126. For his minor league career, 514 strikeouts and 395 innings. I did so, see on Twitter when it was announced that um, he was going to be called up to face the Twins. I saw some fans of the Twins organization lament, well, why can't they go get guys like that? Well, yeah, just one problem. They did give up the best pitcher in the American yes, League yes, to get this did. guy. They did. Uh, they, uh, you know, congratulations to them. They moved him uh, when they uh, should have, right? And uh, he's seven seven. Uh, he's he's only seven and seven with a three seven ERA, but he's uh, he's one, had one of his best stretches. Uh, Ever in the last forty-four innings, he's only walked four and struck out fifteen fifty-nine. Uh, Renneria, the manager, who by the way got sick and had to leave yesterday, oh, and was did. still in the hospital. I, I'll, be, I'll admit, I gave, I gave up on the game a little early. He's commanding. I think he's using his fastball and secondary pitches effectively. You can see it is truly electric stuff. So, if you want to watch the uh, the Fighting Twins. Draw short straws to see who uh, has to face this kid tonight. Uh, yeah, tune on, tune it on in, right? Yeah, and the other thing though, from a twin standpoint, is they need Barrios to bounce back here big yes. time tonight. Yes. Yeah, he has not uh, been good lately. He's uh, I don't I don't know what the deal is. He, uh, as I've said before, we all laughed about Gardy saying the ball was coming out of his hand, but. With Barrios, you can see the difference mm-hmm. when it's when he's getting out there and releasing the ball out in front, or when he's chopping off his uh, his delivery. That's when that breaking ball loses, uh, you know, throws it in the ground, and he he short arms it too often. He's uh, I don't know, he's good, he's going to be fine, but he's not, he might not be great. And that's I mean, the and that's the worry, right? They were they were hoping that he was going to be great. Yes, uh, yes, yes, they are. Uh, the uh, Fighting Twins, uh, Gonsalves, I had not actually, I hadn't really looked at the scouting reports. The only scouting report I had from was with McCabe a couple of years ago when he said uh, good stuff, but he uh, messes around. He's 3-2 too much, and he throws so many pitches, he ends up going five and a third mm. too often. So he's left-handed and, Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, but uh, the fastball was, I thought, I thought he had more fastball than that. Well, well and I, did he ever hit ninety one? I never I saw, saw it, and 90. I watched almost every pitch he All threw I saw last was night. Eighty nine or ninety. And you know, you obviously you're going to give him another start, and probably oh, he'll sure. probably be up here yeah. for the rest of the year. But boy, that was not good last night. My God, I mean, he 
And Pat, his changeup, everything was belt high across the middle of the plate. Mm-hmm. That's that's no way to make a living. And he loves he loves the changeup, obviously. So it must be a good one. But the problem is when you're uh, not throwing strikes with your fastball. Uh, hitting spots. I, I don't know. It was uh, a little disappointing. I actually, uh, even though Cole Stewart was terrible last time out, I I like that stuff a little better because it at least had the the sinker at least has a little has sinkage to it, to it, a little uh, mm-hmm. little little firmness to it. So uh, anyway, uh, Michael Kopech will be on the hill for the uh, Whiteys tonight, and look out. I was very excited uh, at the news Johnny just announced because I didn't realize that we'd uh, come to a deal with Fernando Bob. So, Well, that's good. Bab, and we'll uh, hear about that more tonight in the yes. Adrian Heath show. Yes, that's right. I think He's they're a, on location, the boys are tonight. Where are they at? Uh, that is a good question. I'm going to have to check the, the, uh, the schedule. One of those places? They're at a in... local watering hole. I will have okay. to figure out which, uh, which right. spot that well, they are at. How many games we got left here? The, the, we got a couple more months of the season left, right? Yeah, we go to October. I know that. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, what do we got here? They are at uh, live at Buffalo Wild Wings on Snelling Avenue this evening. The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson. Mm, okay, well, uh, you can you'll hear a lot of conversation about another new acquisition, Fernando Bob, who has been with eight teams in Brazil. Eight teams. Wow. Is he the Drake, the Oliver Drake? Well, well, travel. Yeah, he is. I wonder. Uh, he might have set a record for most teams in a single season. We'll be back. Shot clock down to five. Crossover. He's stuck and shot blocked by Kata Bates Diop. The second guy off the floor, Bates Diop with a good block. Oh, and he, he hits another one. Doing it on both ends. This young man, Big Ten Player of the Year, knocking down corner threes in Las Vegas. I know a place where there's still something going on. All right, the Minnesota State Fair is approaching in case you hadn't heard about it. Uh, I think our first guest on Thursday is going to be Tom Gugliotta. Fantastic. Uh, former uh, uh, Timberwolf, uh, 95 to 98. What's Googs up to nowadays? Uh, well, we'll uh, find that out. I'm not exactly sure what okay. he's uh, doing, but uh, he was. Uh, you always look back and say, if Gugliotta and Garnett and Mayberry, uh, Marbury had stayed here, they'd been pretty good, wouldn't they? Those three guys. But anyway. Because they traded him for, was it Joe Smith? Did they trade him for Joe Smith? I wish I think, you hadn't brought that no, up, I th- but I think you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know why that was done. I think that were they having some... Con- I think it was okay. a contract situation. Well, uh, apparently the Timberwolves have him in town as they, they're starting a, a 30th anniversary celebration. Now, the first year was 89-90, right? Yep. So that's 21 seasons, and then this is... Wait a minute, 30th anniversary celebration of... What? Yeah, 89-90 was your wait year. was your one. first year in the Metronome, right? Okay. So this could be your 30th season. That would be 11 years plus this is your 18th. I, 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 we must be tying it in 99. We must be tying in yeah. 2019 with, with 89. Right. Anyway, Googs is going to be there. And then Monday... Coach Tom Thibodeau yeah. will uh, be there. Uh, will will be with us on Monday. So, uh, two of our uh, first guests from the Minnesota State Fair will be Timberwolves involved. And I was looking at uh, something that I found interesting: the NBA dot com sort of uh, predictions as to who out of this draft class is going to be 
memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they had a great draft class last year. And they had uh, they they interviewed uh, several of the people, and uh, twenty different players were tabbed as the answer for one or both of the first two questions: Who will be the rookie of the year, and which rookie will have the best career? So they they basically interview the players and ask them who's going to be the best player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, really quick, by the way, hold on. I misspoke. Uh, he was traded from Golden State to the Timberwolves for Danielle Marshall. Mm-hmm. He was really, or he left as a free agent, then signed with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, they couldn't get him signed. All right, so Oof. there we go. Uh, yes, that was a pretty good trade, Danielle Marshall for another failed uh, early draft choice for yes. the uh, Timberwolves. Although he, he ended up playing a league about 10, 12 years. He played with LeBron. Wasn't in Danielle Cleveland. the guy that they always put the knock on that he'd rather play video games than. Uh, oh, I think you're right. Wasn't yes. Like a, uh, if, if they'd had this NBA 2K, 2K. league, <laughs> he would have been a better. Oh, man. He would have been a better draft choice than that. Than he would have made a basketball. fortune. <laughs> he was, you know, he was another good player. Who will be the NBA Rookie of the Year? Aiton from Phoenix and Colin Sexton from Cleveland tied with 18% of the vote. Sexton was a really good draft pick. Uh, Donchick from Dallas and Kevin Knox from New York each had 9%. Uh, so, okay. That was, uh, that was, that's that category. So they, everybody likes Aiton, obviously, first pick. He should be. And Colin Sexton, who, the kid who lit up, uh, the Gophers, right? When they, Alabama, mm-hmm. when they were playing three with on five. Three on five. And he got like 80 <laughs> points. Uh, who, uh, will uh, be the, uh, what's, what's uh, this category is, okay, that's the rookie of the year. This is which rookie will have the best career. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. of Chicago, for some reason, is number one. Uh, tied for second is uh, Kevin Knox and uh, Jerome Robinson of the Clippers. And then Aiton, Bamba, Bridges, Colin Sexton, and Lonnie Walker, the fourth, or the third. So we have to get to this category before we can uh, honor our Timberwolves. Which rookie was the biggest steal at where he was selected in the draft? Keita Bates-Diop, 13% of the vote. Oh, man. From uh, being drafted 48th by uh, the uh, Timberwolves. So uh, we we have that one going for us. Michael Porter and Lonnie Walker from, uh, from Michael Porter from Denver, even though he just had his second surgery. And Lonnie Walker from San Antonio are second. Galen Brunson and Gary Trent Jr. Uh, from Portland, were, uh, who, who they Portland got in the second round, uh, were tied for a fourth there. Everybody loves Brunson. I guess he played great in the summer league. Remind me, too, is, is Gary Trent Jr., was he a one-and-done? Yep, another one-and-done. And he went in the second round. Wow, yeah, okay. he went in the second round. Supposed to be a great shooter, but uh, he's got some other flaws in his game, I okay. guess. Which rookie is the most athletic? Zaire Smith of Philadelphia, 24%. But tied for second, our guy Akogi. Oh, boy. Josh Akogi tied for second. So get a little love in this survey. Now, which, it's, it's just a matter if the head coach plays as rookies mm-hmm. or not. Well, you bring that up to him. And I'm going to. I'm going to say, Tibbs, Tibbs are level you play with me these here. guys or not, damn it. <laughs> uh, which rookie is the best shooter? Trey Young. Uh, 47% of the vote for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Herter, also from Atlanta, the Maryland guy. Remember the, the white yep. kid from Maryland who lit up the Gophers over here a couple of years ago? And uh, a ferner for the Lakey, Lakers is McHaleyak. I, I don't know. But Gary Brent, all, Gary Trent, who's uh, also got uh, mentioned there. So 
And which rookie is the best defender? Our guy Josh, number three. Oh, boy. Uh, Josh Akogi, number three behind Javon Carter of Memphis. And Mohamed Bamba, the shot blocker that got taken by Orlando. So, uh, our draft, uh, we came out okay in this survey. Well, and, and to, to be yeah. honest, you know, I, I was making fun a little earlier, but because of the salary cap situation that the Timberwolves are up against, they're most likely going to have to play these guys because well, they don't really uh, have much of a bench. Well, uh, the, the big kid, uh, Diop, is going to have to basically play the, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, uh, Belitza's nonsense, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's going to be that. That's going to be his position. And I know right? it's the summer league, but when I was grabbing some of that, grabbing that highlight, he was hitting shots from beyond that three oh, point yeah, he line. He can make a three, and he's uh, in that. And uh, yeah, I think both those. Uh, both those guys will play. Everybody said, ah, they're not going to play. I know one thing. He likes the three-guard thing with Rose and Tyus being two of them. Mm-hmm. He needs a third guard. It could be a Kogi. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be or not. People are saying, ah, he won't play him. But, uh, I'm are not. we hearing much on Patton and his recovery and whether I, his foot's okay? I have okay? not heard much, but, boy, would that help. If they could, if if by December or so he's actually playing and getting some minutes. Yeah, because they got virtually nothing out of him last year. No, well, he didn't. He played what? Seven minutes or right. something. But, uh, uh, yeah, they could use that guy to play 15 minutes behind Towns. How about this, then? Play a little defense uh, when when Rudy Gobert or somebody's eating his lunch. If he only had seven minutes, that means we would have potentially three candidates for Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah. The Ben Simmons rule well, from last year. I think he's eligible. Yes. Yeah, see? Yeah. We now, might have Simmons a three-head race. Simmons didn't play a minute, though. That's true. Did this kid actually play? He was here. I think he times. did get in he a, did game. a game. Yeah. yeah, did get a game. But uh, uh, the Timberwolves, the West is going to be nasty. Oof. Portland upgraded. Uh, Denver probably upgraded if this Porter can play. But some of the teams are Lakers falling. obviously upgraded. So, yeah, Lakers got better. Uh, you know, and not just strictly through the draft. No, they, uh, they did better. They added this one guy. Uh, let me mention again my favorite headline. My favorite headline. In history, used to be one I saw in Norway that I had interpreted for me uh, in one of the Norwegian during the Olympics at Lillehammer in '94, where Sweden was having a horrible Olympics, and this Norwegian daily had a headline in, and and I've told you guys the Fiji team was represented by one fat cross country skier, some <laughs> some. Uh, you know, transfer student who was living in Oslo who learned how to cross-country ski. It was built by me, like me, and he marched in, and he was the whole Fiji team. <laughs> and uh, Sweden was having a terrible Olympics, and uh, Norway was tearing it up. Uh, and, and the headline, Norski, it said Leeds medal race is what it said in Norwegian. And then it said, Svenska tied with Fiji. You know, I mean, <laughs> the Swedes hadn't won any medals yet. I think now my favorite one is the one that was recently in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, however, oh. on the scheduling, on the, on the, when the schedule for this season was released, and the guy had Lonzo Ball makes appearance, uh, will, makes, makes, Quick and Loans uh, appearance, makes yeah. appearance. At Cleveland on such and say, uh, former Cav LeBron James also expected to play. <laughs> expected to play. And I had big, that was the subhead. I, I love that one. Uh, nice to know that a newspaper will still let you needle somebody in the headline. We'll be back. This is the ride with Racy.
some uh, sad news and uh, other events here uh, when, with John Heights update here. Yeah, let's uh, start with news on this one. Uh, First-degree murder charge was filed today against a 24-year-old man in the case of missing Iowa jogger Molly Tibbetts. The suspect is Christian Rivera, an undocumented immigrant who lives in the rural area where the college student vanished a month ago, according to the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation. A body recovered this morning in a farm field is believed to be Tibbetts. Identity has not been confirmed, but uh, officials say Rivera did lead authorities to the body, uh, which was in a cornfield. And according to Janelle Klein, investigators say Christian Rivera followed Molly Tibbetts as she was running and she told him to leave her alone. They first interviewed him yesterday, and then he led, as Johnny mentioned, he led them to her body, which was in a cornfield with corn stalks placed on top of her. What a horrific, horrific story. Uh, the other story, uh, a, lot of, a lot of big breaking news this afternoon. Former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen pleaded guilty today to eight counts that include tax evasion and campaign finance violations. Uh, counts one through five are evasion of assessment of income tax liability. Count six, false statements to a bank. Count seven, causing an unlawful corporate contribution. And count eight, excessive campaign contributions. That's the interesting part. In the plea deal, uh, Cohen said that, quote, in coordination and at the direction of a candidate for federal office, he kept information that would have been harmful to the candidate and the campaign from becoming public. That info, involving apparently payments to porn star Stormy Daniels, that assumes the candidate was Donald Trump. Sen- mm-hmm. Sentencing date for Cohen is set for December. Of course, if uh, he was funneling campaign contributions to Stormy Daniels, that is a felony. And he says uh, that federal uh, candidate was uh, the one who ordered him to do that. So we'll see. We'll see what the fallout is from all that. Then in Virginia, federal jury convicted former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort on eight counts related to bank and tax fraud. Uh, After four days of deliberations, the jury said it could not come to a decision on 10 other counts. However, the eight that he was found guilty of uh, could send him to jail for over 100 years. Of course, he's 69 years old, so... uh, Not looking good. Not looking good there, so... uh, All right, well... Lots of breaking uh, news. Terrible, uh, terrible news from Iowa, that's for sure. Uh, Sports headlines from today. The Twins and White Sox tonight in Chicago. The Twins will be facing one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Michael Kopech will pitch for the uh, White Sox, making his major league debut. Jose Barrios goes for the Twins. Uh, your lineup, Minnesota Twin lineup, to face the uh, the youngster. Joe Maurer leads off at first base. Eddie Rosario's in left field hits second. Jorge Polanco hits third place shortstop. Miguel Sano cleanup at third base. Max Kepler hits fifth in center field. Logan Forsyth hits sixth at second base. Jake Cave uh, is in right field hitting seventh. Robbie Grossman back. He's DHing hitting eighth. And Bobby Wilson catches for the Twins <laughs> and hit hits ninth. What'd Bobby do to deserve this? Uh-huh. Bobby, uh, catch up with that 103, Bob. Go get it. Across <laughs> town in Chicago, we have breaking news, by the Uh-oh. way. Those cheap poll ads were right. Cubs pitcher Hugh Darvish is now out for the season with stressed reaction on his elbow. Wow. Uh, well, all those all those commenters knew it that they should have never gotten after Hugh Darvish. See? <laughs> yeah. Other baseball the notes. The fact that the Twins even considered it shows what idiots they are. <laughs> uh, the Washington Nationals, uh, they're uh, starting to clean a little bit of house. Yes. Today they traded Daniel Murphy to the Chicago Cubs. Then uh, brought re- back and then they sent Matt, back to the Cardinals. Yep, huh? Matt Adams went back to St. Louis. The Cubs sent Class A infielder Andrew Amadisterio and a player to be named later for Murphy, and uh, they'll get cash considerations for 
Adams. Murphy better find himself a new position since Javier Baez is the second yeah. baseman in uh, Chicago. So. Yeah, uh, Chris Bryant's still out, but still uh, Murphy mm-hmm. does have some experience playing third base, uh, so they might uh, is, stick him there for Murph's, now. Murph's best position is hitter. Yeah. He plays hitter better yes. than anybody. Yeah, but else. Joe Madden, he's a really smart manager. He He'll find a spot for those <laughs> guys. That's why we miss Harrington. We can't hear him complain about Joe Madden. <laughs> All right, we shall return. Thanks, Johnny. Yep. Greeter covers gopher football for the uh, Pioneer Press. Sorry about that, Veramonte's uh, little clip there. Uh, Reavers can't help himself. But, uh, of course, I encourage it, too. But, uh, Andy, uh, Zach Ennickstead, tell me what you have seen in the uh, exposure you've had to him. How does he throw the ball? You know what? I think he's got uh, good accuracy. I think he's got pretty good touch. I think that one question that still remains is, it's how he does with the deep ball. I think there is um, maybe not the strongest arm, but I think that he has shown an ability to, to put it in uh, intermediate and, and short spots uh, with accuracy, and he's been able to take care of the ball, and that's partly what uh, led to him getting the job. He's a big kid, too, right? I mean, a, a bigger bigger kid than Morgan, right? Yeah, for sure. He's probably 6'3", 6'4", uh, 210 pounds, and has more of a look of a, of a Big Ten quarterback than Tanner Morgan, who's probably closer to six feet. Is he a runner? Uh, you know what? I asked that to, to PJ yesterday, and he, you know, he said that uh, yeah, he can run. He picks his uh, knees up higher than when he walks, and <laughs> you know, it's pretty strong sarcasm there. But uh, then he went on to say that that he's athletic and, and he can do it, and kind of he decided to spin the question into more of you know maybe scrambling and extending plays and getting outside of the pocket, but. You know, that's going to be a big question going forward is is how much he's able to run in, in some of the zone read and, and run pass option things that they try to do to kind of at least make the defense honest and not you know, swarm to Rodney Smith. So, yeah, that's going to be a big question. And that was something that happened last year with, with Connor Rota is, you know, they didn't uh, treat uh, his running threat as legitimate and, and uh, came downhill on Rodney Smith and the other running backs. Hey, Andy, uh, so this – this zone read offense is not a hell of a lot of different than what Kill would have loved to write, run if he had the right quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some, yeah, there's definitely some some similarities between the two, and yeah, you would see it with Mitch Leidner uh, for sure. But yeah, there's there's some similarities there, absolutely. And uh, the uh, the collection of receivers they they you know they've had years where Drew Drew Walatarski was the only guy they could throw the ball to and uh they've always started the seasons talking about more options for uh, receivers and they end up throwing to one or two guys uh this this does look like a group especially with freshmen being able to get four games out of freshmen to see if they can play or not is uh this does look like a group uh led by Tyler Johnson with a lot more uh, weapons uh, as far as uh, catching the ball yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, KJ May was another example of yes. that, of, you know, guy that they would just go to time and again because they didn't have any other options. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. you know, I was uh, shooting some video on my iPhone yesterday and there was some one-on-one drills with wide receivers and defensive backs and I was just looking to get a few clips to edit and, and post and, and uh, you know, there were three, I uh, shot four clips and three of them I used and it was all wide receivers uh, making plays from, you know, Demetrius Douglas, Omar Douglas's son, to Rashad Bateman, the you know highly touted receiver out of Georgia, to Seth Green, a wide receiver uh, slash tight end who was con- uh, converted from a quarterback. All three of those guys either either 
you know, had a lot of separation and, and took it for a touchdown or, or went up over a defensive back and, and won the ball. And, and those are things that you didn't see a lot uh, in previous years. So, yeah, they're, they're excited about that. And like you said, the redshirt rule certainly helps as they try to test out and see who can compete for four games and who could do it all year. Uh, uh, Seth Green uh, looks like he's uh, he's put his dreams of playing quarterback behind him and is uh, ready to move on here. Big is he big enough kid to play tight end? Well, you know what's been interesting is you know he moved to tight end during uh, spring ball and uh, you know it was maybe I don't know two hundred and twenty pounds and yeah. and at the start of fall camp he was probably closer to two forty two fifty. Wow, wow, and uh, you know then he wasn't playing any tight end. Mm-hmm. He was just playing <laughs> wide receiver. Um, so I asked PJ about that, and he's like, well, you know, we will split out our, our tight ends and, and uh, kind of do things that way. They did that with Brandon Lincoln and Nate Wozniak last year. Uh, but at every practice now, he is not with the tight ends at all. It looks like he's, he's a receiver. So he's a, he's a big wide receiver, and he's certainly athletic, and this is the first time where we've really seen that. Um, I think too much at, at the quarterback spot. It was difficult with his throwing motion and the way that he was processing it. Everything was just very slow, and now he's just able to go out there and play, and we're able to see what was talked about for so long with this kid. Who are the tight ends then? Uh, Co'Keefe, uh, and then uh, Brevin Span Ford, the uh, St. Cloud Tech kid, uh, Colton Beebe. Uh, those are the tight ends. So I, Co'Keefe, um, who is uh, from Iowa, who's played a little bit, um, he's probably the number one tight end right now. So, yeah, that's uh, – that's a question. They don't have quite the amount of depth there that they need. BB's a freshman, isn't he? Or, uh, no, BB's probably a, a junior at this okay. point. He's been around for a while. You know, he was kind of in the kill uh, fullback mold, and now with the Gophers you know, under Fleck not having a fullback, he's more of a tight end. Is there uh, uh, so any experience there at uh, tight end then, or it's all new guys? Yeah, Coquif has played a little bit, but yeah, with Brandon Lingen and Nate Wozniak, those two guys. Yeah, I've certainly taking the majority of the reps. So yeah, there's kind of a, an unknown there for sure. Did Langan get a tryout anywhere? Did he get to go in anybody's camp in Canada no, or any place? You know, he, when he uh, when he started, um, you know, he was looked at as kind of the replacement for for Max Williams, and he just struggled to to stay healthy. I mean, he yeah. had knee issues and shoulder issues, and would show some athleticism. I remember a, a game at Purdue where I think he had two or three touchdowns and and was very athletic, but you know, he just couldn't stay healthy and, and wasn't quite the same player towards the end of his career. You know, Nate Wozniak, um, who is 6'10", you know, the Gophers built him as the tallest skill player in college football last year. He's I, Last time I checked, he was uh, with the New Orleans Saints, and they were trying him out at tackle. So they probably, he's probably on a 6,000-calorie diet. And I don't know how that's going, but uh, he certainly got the frame. Hey, did Anikstead, was that, would have that been his senior year in high school in IMG, or did he, uh, was that an extra year? Uh, what do you mean? No, no, I mean, uh, you know, some, some people use IMG as a prep school, and others are just, you know, if, if he, if he would have stayed at Mankato, would have that been his senior year, or was yeah. he, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yep. that's was, what yeah. I thought. So he, went there. he didn't have an extra year of high school then, basically. No, no, he went to, uh, he went to IMG from Mankato West the spring of his sophomore year. So okay. He was at IMG for two full years and then came to the Gophers last January. So he, was the backup to Kellen Mond um, his junior year, and Kellen Mond went on and started eight games at Texas A&M, and, and then he played against uh, or competed with Arthur Sikowski, who was a Miami commit, and then 
he uh, went to uh, New Jersey and, and to uh, Rutgers, and he's competing for the starting job there. Yeah, and uh, he he was uh, like supposed to be a four and a half star, right? Uh, that kid. Yeah. And I know I was talking to Kill, and that was like their big recruit. That's why uh, Kill did not announce he was leaving because uh, they were trying to make sure they had this kid. But uh, Annex yeah, you know, beat him out. The, yeah, Annex beat him out halfway through the year. You know, Arthur Sikowski was maybe a little bit more. Pa- I talked to the, his high school coach Kevin Wright at IMG, and he said that Arthur was maybe a little bit more polished. Had you know, the bigger size and was a Miami commit at the time. And, and Zach didn't quit on, on being the backup his senior year and, and towards the middle of the year, beat him out and, and took over. And that's when some of the shadowy things of, of college football recruiting took place. And Miami walked away or he decommitted. And then he went to Rutgers to be closer to home, or maybe that was, you know, just a, a better fit or there wasn't many more options on the table. So there's kind of the shadowy world of college football recruiting. But uh, yeah, Zach, uh, Zach beat him out. The uh, big lug uh, uh, from uh, IMG on the offensive line, both freshmen, uh, they can watch those guys a little. It sounds like one of them's not prepared to play, but the other might be able to. Yeah, you know, they've, they've what's been con- contrast to the Vikings is they've had the same starting five offensive linemen throughout camp. There's been very little change in who those five are. And both Curtis Dunlap, who's the smaller one at, at 370 pounds, and Lele, the bigger one at 400. Both of those guys have been uh, with the number twos. So yeah, I mean, certainly Lele, you know, has shows just a incredible you know strength advantage. And uh, but he's still pretty raw. This is I think it's only his second or third year playing football. He's actually from Australia, but went to IMG uh, with Anikstead and Dunlap. But uh, yeah, both of those guys are are backups at this point. So they're going to try to keep at least a partial redshirt on them. Hey, that's a uh, nice, uh, nice connection to have. IMG uh, is. Uh, are any? Uh, you got any IMGs in the December class? Uh, nope. There's nobody uh. from there. I think what's interesting in these three guys is uh, Kevin Wright, the the coach at, at IMG, said that the reason that those two big offensive linemen are here is because of Zach Anikstad. He said that they were instrumental in, in their recruiting to come here because obviously they had. Plenty of other opportunities. Curtis Dunlap was a Florida commit at one point, so I think that kind of shows who Zach Anikset is. Is that these two other guys who had a lot of other opportunities came to Minnesota, and Zach was a big part of it. And we got any reports on how Vic Vermanis is looking as a linebacker <laughs> back at uh, City College or wherever it is? We don't. Uh... Yeah, I, you know what? I have not checked in on on Vic. I think that I saw that he cut his hair, and I talked to him before he committed, and he said he was never going to cut his hair. So, okay. You know, Everything is changing, I guess. Hey, uh, Saturday, do they have, are they? Can the public watch them again, or are they done? Uh, no more public uh, scrimmages, or is there one Saturday? No, they're they've they've pretty much shut everything down. I think I'm going to see. The, I saw the last practice that I'm going to see probably all year uh, yesterday. So yeah, they're going to have uh, Flex going to speak at a at a presser on Sunday, and then they're going to shut everything down again, I think. You can't uh, be too cautious with New Mexico State coming to town, baby. They yeah. might be trying to get your secrets. Yep, absolutely. Up in the dorm rooms with the binoculars and the camcorders. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Take All care. right, Andy Greeter covers the Gophers for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. And Andy and I had worked out a deal where he was going to cover the Gophers for us all season long, and... We'll have a good report on the uh, first game for you after the New Mexico State game. We'll be back.
we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Patulny able to regroup, then it's poked away by Burke, who takes over. Pushes it up ahead to McGregor. Holy Cross coming down with a three on two. McGregor from the right side, centering feet. And Holy Cross! Oh my God! Yes! Oh, my God! Yes! Yes! Off of the rebound, puts it past Calvary, and Holy Cross has knocked off the Minnesota Golden Gophers! I'm innocent. Reavers, <laughs> I did not put Reavers up to that no, uh, highlight. I did not put him up to that Holy Cross highlight. I told him to get a Mariucci Arena highlight. Of course, that was Grand Forks. Well, although uh, looking at you and sealing the smile from the inside, you're not terribly upset is, that I did that. Uh, it was pretty funny. Yes, it was. Uh, 25 years ago today in 1993, Man. the new Mariucci Arena opened on the University of Minnesota campus, and they had an alumni legends game that night. And uh, John's kid, uh, John Jr., dropped the ceremonial first puck. Oh, cool. And then the and uh, uh, during the game... They had a goal scored by Broughton from Broughton and Broughton. Cool. Paul, Aaron, and uh, Neil were all there for that game. And uh, it's now, uh, I know I I saw a couple of things. I think it was was last year, the first year, it was the 3M Arena at Mariucci. Yes, yes, last year was the first year. And I think a lot of us were offended at first, but it's not, I mean, nobody calls it. You know, we all call it Mariucci. We all say Mariucci. And uh, they've, they've uh, redone, the. I think they put another $10 million back into it a couple of years ago, in, improved the locker rooms, did a bunch of stuff. It's been a fine home for uh, Gopher Hockey. It is a great arena to watch a Not hockey a, game. Yeah, yes, it, it is, is good to watch. Not as much fun as the old dump, with the, which was the original Mariucci Arena. But uh, the great uh, John uh, Mariucci has been dead since 1987. John was only... Uh, uh, was only 60 years old, uh, or 70 years old. He was only 70 years old. One of the great characters of all time right there. Man, he was something. He was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we still got a building name for the godfather of Minnesota hockey. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.